0: nobody said anything to us and that made me so livid. I was literally so upset that after we had left, I like cried because I was like, this is the reason why creatives are quote-unquote starving artists. This is why creatives like... You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar Creators and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and bestselling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. What's up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Davana, and I'm coming at you with a solo episode. I know it's been a while, um, but this week's episode, I really just wanted to dive in and share my story, and more specifically, you know, my background, share with you a little bit more about me so you can get to know me, I'm mean, gonna share really how I was able to leave my day job and become a full-time entrepreneur. Um, At the beginning of the month, I actually shared my story on Instagram. I spent like two hours, um, like a month or two ago, collecting all the photos to tell the story, and then literally the beginning of this month, I spent four whole freaking hours Posting to my Insta stories, telling my stories. So if you saw that on my Instagram, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you on this episode, but with a little bit more details. Um, And if you want to check that out after listening to this episode, just head over to my Instagram at Devonna Stimson. And in my Instagram highlights, you'll see an icon that says my story, and you'll be able to kind of go through my story that I'm sharing on this episode today. Um, but you'll get visuals to go along with it, so it's a little bit more fun. Either way, I think you should head over after listening to this episode and check it out, um, and follow me if you aren't already. So let's dive into my story. What we gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I couldn't help myself but to throw that song in there, and if you know that song, we can totally be friends, but we're not going to go that far back, but we are going to start from the beginning. So for as long as I can remember, I've always been a creative. Um, When I was in the fourth grade, I created my first ever website. Um, If you remember GeoCities from Yahoo back in the day, and if you created web pages on there, that's where I started. My cousin introduced me to it. And I literally fell in love. I loved the creation of it. I loved like creating something personal to express myself online. I was learning like the HTML codes and like all the fancy, I don't know, GIFs or GIFs or however you say it and all of that. Um, so that's really what sparked kind of the graphic design career path that I wanted to pursue. Although at that time I had no idea that that's what that was called. I just knew that I liked what I was doing. So. Basically, I ended up having my dad um, buy me PaintShop Pro, so I didn't use Photoshop. I grew up using PaintShop Pro because it's like a cheaper version. I knew some other people that were using it, and I basically taught myself how to design and how to code. I would look at... Exanga um, websites and blogs and I would find some custom ones on there and I would basically reverse engineer and open up The source code and look at the code and figure out how these people were creating these awesome websites And that's really how I taught myself how to do the same thing and when I got into Middle school I ended up creating like dope custom MySpace layouts. so Basically, my whole graphic design, web design career honestly started and growing um, during the MySpace era, so all of you millennials that are listening, shout out to you because you know what I'm talking about, um, and I used to like, create like custom ones, not just like changing the background or the music, but the whole like layout of your MySpace page was totally different, and so I would create custom ones for myself, I'd create some for friends and family, and um, You know, back then I wish I had somebody tell me that could turn this into a legit business, but I think I really only charged like two people um, for doing their MySpace layouts, and it was probably like 20 bucks each or something, or maybe it was like three or four people, but I wasn't really looking at it as like a business because in my mind, I was like, I wanted to do graph design and work for somebody else or start my own. studio or agency down the road. I just didn't really know much about entrepreneurship at that time, but I was kind of already doing it without really knowing. And quick side note, MySpace is actually where I met my now husband. He slid into the DMs before it was an actual thing. Um, because literally people, um, from where I'm from knew me as the girl with the dope MySpace, like people would see me like at the mall and stuff and say, Hey, aren't you the girl with the dope MySpace? And so he thought my page was cool, messaged me, and then we exchanged, um, screen names for AIM and we chatted all night long um, and made our dating boyfriend girlfriend relationship official online at like 4am in the morning on AIM um, and that so just wanted to put that side, not, side note out there and this is before like online dating was actually a accepted or normal thing So here I am designing custom MySpace layouts, doing this for people. I learned that this thing that I'm doing is called, quote, graph design or, quote, web design. Um, And I started to realize, like, I liked the design part a lot better than doing the web design part. So that's when I was like, okay, so now when people ask me, what do I want to do when I grow up? I'm going to say, I want to be a graphic designer. And honestly, like I was saying to myself, like, I'm going to be the best graphic designer in the world. Um, so I go into high school and I'm doing kind of like freelance stuff like I was doing business cards and like flyers for people. I think I was creating like some web pages and still MySpace layouts, um, some party flyers or whatever. And in high school, um, our high schools were actually partnered with a vocational tech Um, school, like community college. And so basically what that means is kind of like a trade school where you get to go and learn specific skills for, um, you know, your future and your career. So they had a digital design class that was two years and I absolutely wanted to get a spot in that class and um, long story short, I got in um, by the luck of my counselor. Like I applied but didn't get in, but then someone dropped out and my counselor was like, yo, there's an opening. Do you want this? And I'm like, hell yeah. And thank God, That happened because I really don't know um, where I would be without that spot. So I ended up getting accepted into this digital design class. And it was a two-year program throughout my junior and senior year. And I absolutely loved it. This was my first time using a Mac, (laughs) any Apple product. Um, This was my first time using uh, Adobe Suite, using Photoshop and Illustrator and learning all these tools. So I was absolutely loving it. And I really excelled in this class um, to the point where I was chosen to do a internship um, while I was in high school to work for the community college in the vocational program. It was called the Advanced Technology Center. Um, shout out to Mr. T. Um, and so there I was getting on-the-job experience, working on brand assets for the ATC program with the high schools. So that was really cool, getting my foot in the door um, and really getting that quote-unquote real-world experience. And of course, I go to college um, like everybody else who's a millennial got told to do. And I went to Old Dominion University, and I um, focused on graphic design and as I'm in college, I'm really freelancing, um, trying to get as much, like, quote unquote, freelance gigs as I can get, still doing, like, business cards, club flyers, um, that sort of thing. And this is where, like, everything changed for me. So, the graphic design program in college um, basically, you had to do your basic curriculum, right? But then when you wanted to go in a specific, like, graph design program and do the main classes, you had to, like, get the entry-level class. I forgot what it was called. So me and my friend were literally, like, battling to register for this class because there's only one spot left. And so as soon as the time changes and it opens up, we're, like, clicking and we're submitting and then the website's slowly loading. And guess freaking what? Yo, girl, did not get the damn spot in that class. And I was so pissed because I wanted it so bad. And, I mean, I love the girl that got the spot um, instead of me, but I knew she wasn't really about that graphic design life as much as I was. And I felt like I was so much more deserving. Um, And, you know, I was just really upset, but... I had to take the loss and move on. So if I wanted to continue in the graph design program, I would have had to stay in college for an extra like one to two years, I believe. And I was like, nah, I am not about to stay in college extra years. It's either going to be four years or less. Um, So basically, I kind of reevaluated my options and decided to switch my concentration from graph design to drawing and design. And this is where I got exposed to more fine art classes because literally my whole, you know, childhood, I was like graphic design, graphic design, web design, graph design, like I was all like digital. And I never really saw myself as a creative as far as like fine arts, like drawing, painting, that sort of thing. Like I knew that I could do it, but I wasn't like interested. I didn't think it was as cool as doing graph design. Um, So I thought this was gonna be a really interesting change, but I was totally up for the challenge and totally up to learn new things. And it turns out that it was actually a blessing in disguise. So look, I took my first painting class ever and I literally just fall in love. I fall in love with the creative freedom that it gives me. I love the experimentation of painting. I loved how it was very forgiving. Um, and really at that point too, I was really kind of getting over graphic graph design and over like the crappy clients that I did have and the type of work that goes into, you know, the back and forth and the edits and um, all that. And I just really felt more fulfilled when I was painting in the painting class. And now I wasn't really that good. Of course, starting out, um, this I've gotten to where I am from practice and learning what my style is, but I just absolutely loved it. So then when I realized I loved it this much, I made the decision to completely do a 360 in my future plans and my career plans to become a painter and really not focus on the graphic design stuff. I knew that having the graphic design skill sets will help me and whatever I do, um, but the painting was something that I wanted to f- pursue and learn more about and figure out. And plus, at the graphic design program ODU, I really wasn't learning that much because I had already done a lot of you know, self-taught work um, throughout high school, middle school, up until college, obviously. And I just felt like it wasn't as challenging as it could have been. So that was really what made this even more exciting. And if you want to see some of my earlier paintings, definitely check out that highlight in my Instagram um, with the visuals so you you can see that there. Um, It's a little embarrassing, but hey, we all start somewhere. Um, So while I was learning and taking fine art classes, um, I actually landed a job working in the student activities office at ODU doing graphic design, um, and I was on the homecoming team. So I was, like, still getting this in-the-field work experience, still doing graph design because that was really what my specialty is and I had to make some money, you know. A girl just had to do what she had to do. And at the same time that all of this was going on, my husband and I, um, more specifically my husband, he started listening to self-development, like wealth, finance type of podcasts and looking at blogs and um, he wanted to create some sort of business or a blog himself Um, So we would, like, listen to podcasts. He would show me the books that he was, you know, looking into, Um, and it was just mind-blowing the things that we were learning that we weren't being taught in college or throughout our, our lives that is actually more important than the things we were learning in school, just, like, managing your health and, your wealth and your finances and even you know we were a couple so growing rich together and how million- millionaires became millionaires like all these things we never really thought about um, we were learning and dabbling into so this is actually how striving grind was born kevin was trying to come up with names for this blog that we wanted to create um, i just remember coming home uh, from a late night shift waiting tables and i was depositing my money at the bank like i vividly can picture this and i remember talking to him on the phone and he was throwing out the words that he was trying to put together and then we just settled on striving grind and that's how the name of the company which we have now which is a branding company which i'll get into came about Um, and it stands for striving to achieve greatness and grinding to get there During our last semester of college, we started building out this blog. Um, We wanted it to be a cool lifestyle brand for anybody who wants to strive to achieve greatness and grind to get there. Um, And if you wanted to be, you know, a doctor, a skateboarder, an artist, a lawyer, whatever, like whatever it is, if you strived and if you grinded, like you were a striving grinder. Um, And we were sharing information Um, that we were learning about wealth and finances. We had categories like college and um, careers and creativity um, and all those sorts of things. During that last semester, we also ended up getting married before we graduated. I had my senior art show, which was cool. It was my first time showing my art anywhere. Um, So we had like a lot of things going on at the same time. So as we graduated college, Kevin gets an awesome phone call um, that he ends up getting a job with a Fortune 500 or Fortune 200 science company um, where it's a two year rotational leadership development program. Basically, what that means is that we get to live and move somewhere for a year and then live in somewhere different um for a year and then kind of go from there so we were super pumped super excited for where that was going to take us um unfortunately i didn't have as much of exciting news and wasn't able to really land any um amazing graphic design jobs out in pittsburgh which was actually where our first stop of moving was gonna be and i forgot to mention this earlier but my first ever job um technically was Working at Red Robin. I started as a hostess and then became a waitress, and I was waiting tables throughout college. Um, and so I decided that I was just gonna wait tables in Pittsburgh unless I could find a graphic design job. Um, but I was struggling, like most millennials were after graduation. So we moved to Pittsburgh, and while in Pittsburgh, I'm painting, learning more of my style, and experimenting with my style and skill set. Um, we're building Strive and Grind, growing out the the blog. I actually land my first, like, group showcase with the Raw Artist um, org in Pittsburgh, and that was my first time ever showing my work anywhere to the public other than, obviously, my senior show. Um, and I remember I sold my first original painting there, I think, for only $200. It was, like, a 18 by 24-inch um original painting and um i sold it for two hundred dollars and i was able to sell prints and other little merchandise that i had so that was super cool and then also with the Grind blog, there was like a thing called the 30-day squat challenge. And so when this started a trend, we hopped on it really early and we created like this graphic that showed me squatting and like what, you know, the challenge consisted of. And that literally blew up our blog and website and we started to get like 30 to 50,000 unique visitors a month to our website. Um, which was really cool. And we were, you know, gathering some blog contributors. We started to work on creating college chapters um, for the Strive and Grind brand. We had um, sponsored athletes. We had brand ambassadors. We also had a clothing line, which we invested thousands of dollars on using credit cards and held inventory which we still have to this day sitting in our closet that we give to our um, clients sometimes um and just as a quick note about that it's like we you learn through experience but I just remember we were putting out like the mock-up of the Shriver Grind shirt and it said I'm about this life um and all of our friends on family on Facebook were like oh that's so dope like I want one when does it come out And so we end up, like, producing it, you know, buying all the t-shirts and the inventory. And you know what happened when we finally had it and released it? Nobody freaking bought it. Well, I would say, like, a handful of people did. But majority of the people that said that they were down didn't buy it at all. So just a side note there, when you're creating a product or if you're starting a clothing line, which is a really hard business to start, um, I recommend either doing a, you know, pre-sale um, Pre order type of thing, or it's print on demand, um, and you have somebody, a third party vendor, do the drop shipping for you so you don't have to have inventory on hand and take that risk of investing thousands of dollars like we did on inventory. So, just a little side note lesson there. So, we were growing our brand and our website, all that good stuff. I'm painting working, you know, waiting tables, Kevin's working his corporate job and working on the striving grind stuff too and some other side projects that he was doing. And basically, we had something going on that was really cool and we had all these visitors coming to our website, but we didn't really monetize it like we should have. Like looking back, I'm like, man, we had all these visitors, we should sh- we totally should have did like advertising and things like that, but we didn't have anybody to guide us or tell us that, and we were probably honestly like too scared and inexperienced to even attempt to do that, or to believe that we could actually do something like that. Um, so, we ended up moving to Boston for our second year in my husband's job rotation. Um, And then also, just for a time reference, um, we graduated college in 2012, got married in 2012. Um, We ended up moving to Pittsburgh in 2013, so there's some time reference. So we moved to Boston, and your girl still couldn't get a good graphic design job but while on my job search i did find a listing on craigslist for this thing called paint night and i think it's called something different now but it's basically a company that does those things where they go to restaurants and they have a paint instructor teach you how to paint and painting while you get to drink and eat food and have fun with your friends and family so i ended up applying for that getting that job um and basically became a paint night instructor and i got to travel around boston and paint for my job and i actually really really liked this job um, because i got to paint i got to meet people um Usually, depending on the venue, they'd hook me up with free drinks or free food, which was cool. Um, The only thing I didn't like was having to drive around, especially in Boston when it started to like snow and stuff and having to drive in certain places where I'm not familiar with and figure out parking and then having to haul all the paint supplies and canvases and all that stuff to all the venues and then afterwards cleaning everything cleaning the brushes and then taking everything back to the car it was tiring and exhausting but it was definitely a lot of fun and rewarding and i really really enjoyed it so this is actually 2015 while we're in boston and while there I basically painted the most that I have, I think, ever in a year. Like, I was really painting a lot there. I even um, got my painting into a group show at a gallery that was in Boston, so I thought that was pretty cool. I felt kind of official, even though it was, like, a group show, and I will say that it was a paid group show, so I did have to pay, like, I don't know, 30 bucks for the spot, but thought that was better than nothing, you know, just trying to get my feet wet, trying to get into the art gallery scene game or whatever. So that was really cool. Um, and we were still growing the striving grind brand and coming out with new apparel, um, going into more debt, investing more money into some striving grind apparel, um, that again, wasn't selling off the charts like we thought it would be. We even bring on my best friend to work with us and help grow the brands. We start planning an event back home in Virginia where we brought musical performances. There was art and vendors and all this cool stuff, um, which was really cool. But at the end of the day, we weren't making any freaking money. We had such a cool brand. We had so many things going on. Like I said, we had peril. We had brand ambassadors, sponsored athletes, college chapters, Blog contributors. We were throwing a fence, but we weren't making any money. And I think this is something to take note of as a creative. Like, we always have all these awesome ideas. We always want to create things and launch things. Um, but if you're not making money, it's not really a business. You just have something really cool going on. And that was like a hard lesson for us to learn and really kind of admit to because we just felt like it was going to come because we're striving and grinding. We're putting in the work. We have the brand, we have the look and feel, but we just didn't have the business side of it and the mindset behind it on really how to make money from all those different avenues that we had for the brand. It was kind of like we jumped ahead too fast and we're doing all these things where we should have kind of started and grown like maybe one or two of those verticals of the brand. Um, and focused on making money there and then kind of expanded into the other things. But you know, when you're young and it's your first business, you kind of do whatever you feel is right. Also at this time, I will throw something personal out there. Um, I am, you know, working tirelessly in and grind like we literally didn't watch tv or like go out and hang out with people during our time in pittsburgh and boston like we did like maybe i don't know a handful of times or a couple handful of times but we were really just like focusing on the grind and the hustle um type of thing and we didn't really watch that much tv at all we didn't have cable or anything like that because we just were focused on building this dream. Um, and while I was, you know, helping Kevin um, and my best friend build Striving Grind, I was also trying to paint and figure out my painting career and things like that and build my painting brand as an artist. And Boston is also just, you know, a lot of people say it's beautiful. And it is in the summer, like two to three months out of the year. But the rest of the time it's so depressing and draining because it's literally just gray skies out. It's snowing all the time. It's cold. Like, you don't ever want to leave your home. And I literally was, like, getting depressed because it was, one, the weather, it was like I just couldn't figure out how to balance the energy and work that I was putting into Strive and Grind but also trying to put in the same amount of hustle and grind into my painting brand and my painting career Um, and it was just really hard and I just felt like I was getting pulled in different directions Um, and I really think that's why I painted a lot that year too is because like One, I didn't really have anything else to do because it was like snowing and crazy all the time and cold outside Um, and we didn't really like hang out with anybody, but also because you know, you, a lot of artists create when they're going through something. Um, And so that's why I kind of feel like I painted a lot of work that year. So about six months into our stay in Boston, Kevin ends up hearing that his company bought out a company in San Diego, California. And so this was really exciting because he was already building relationships with um, like the higher up people like in the C-suite and he had mentors who were like VPs and things like that because that's really what's cool about a leadership development program. If the corporate route is the route you want to go or if you know somebody who wants to take the corporate route career-wise, I highly, highly, highly recommend trying to get into a leadership development program right after college. Um, It's usually like a two-year rotational program, and you get literally hands-on experience under like manager-level C-suite people, Um, so it was really cool that he got to do that, and he basically finessed his way um, into getting us to move out to San Diego because we were listening to people like John Lee Dumas um, on the podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, and Flynn and all the original OGs, you know, uh, podcasters, entrepreneur podcasters, and they were all in San Diego. So we knew that San Diego was a place we need to be if we wanted to be successful and thriving like these other people were. We also saw a lot of um, young millennial entrepreneurs living in San Diego with online businesses doing awesome, cool things. And so we just like knew this was the place to be. But mind you, we had never been to California ever, but we always knew in our hearts, like, California is where we need to be we, we always wanted to go there we've always wanted to live there if there was a possibility and I honestly think that's like every east coaster's dream if it's not New York like you want to go to Cali and so they basically say yeah we can get you out to California so our Boston stay was cut six months short but girl a girl is not complaining like I said it was really depressing out there um and we moved to sunny California um San Diego Now the craziest thing happens when we get to San Diego we're literally you know doing what we've been doing painting getting situated working on strive and grind and as we're scrolling on Facebook we see this Facebook ad and it's for this event it's an entrepreneurial conference and it tells us like it's a $47 refundable ticket so that even caught our attention even more and guess who was one of the speakers at this event. It was John Lee Dumas, the podcast host from Entrepreneur on Fire that I mentioned earlier that we listened to that literally motivated us to want to move to San Diego. So we were like, yo, this has to be a sign from God above telling us to do this. So we end up buying the $47 refundable ticket um, because we were like, I mean, at the end of the day, if we don't like it or whatever, it says it's a refundable ticket. So we buy our ticket and we go to this event and it's a three-day event. And we go to this event, and we're like, literally, we have our arms crossed, cause we're like, man, they're probably gonna try to sell us something. Um, we don't want to buy nothing, like they're not gonna get us. <laughs> and then as day two comes, and as we're learning and meeting people and experiencing the high of an entrepreneur conference, we started slowly unfolding our arms. And then on the third day, or the second, second or third day, I believe it's the third day, a guy speaks on stage and his name is Cole Hatter, and we had no idea who he was, and he basically has a speech where he tells the audience and educates them on good debt versus bad debt, Um, and how, you know, we're brought up to believe that you shouldn't go into any debt at all, but as an entrepreneur, it's good if you go into debt, specifically more, you know, good debt, where you're going to expect a ROI from it, and so it was kind of like a mind shift for us. And we literally like had our brains kind of turning, we were whispering to each other. um, And the guy that runs the event basically pitches a business coaching and mastermind program for a whole year. And guess how much this thing was? It was a $36,000 investment that we did not have. But because Cole had taught us you know, good debt versus bad debt. And also because we moved to California to go all in on our business and we thought this was a sign from God. Um, we were like, yo, if we're going to go all in, we got to go all in. So let's do this. Um, and basically we put it all on a credit card and we knew that the payments were $3,000 a month and we had a $10,000 credit card and we knew that if we had no plan B, like we had to get our business to making three grand a month within three months because that's when the 10k of the credit card runs out um, so that we can be good to go. Um, So we ended up pulling the trigger. It was also in that moment where I kind of like flipped my switch and turned it on because before like I said I was like kind of depressed. I didn't really know how to balance my painting and striving grind and It was just like a lot, um, and I decided to just put my all into striving grind because I knew that that was going to get me and us where we wanted to be faster um, from a financial perspective and a lifestyle perspective, and so we end up investing in this coach, investing in this mastermind, and literally going all in. (laughs) Hey Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. We end up spending a full day. It's called a VIP day with our coach. And he tells us that we're really good at branding. And so that's what we should do. We should pivot our business from what it is, the cool brand, lifestyle brand, um, and switch it to become a branding company, a branding agency, helping other entrepreneurs create brands he felt like that's the fastest way we could make money and grow our business. And like good students or coaches, we listened. And that moment, we pivoted um, and changed our whole brand to be a branding company. Um, we didn't know a whole lot about agencies, um, about branding companies, things like that. Other than you know my experience as a graph designer, so we got a bunch of books and we did our research and you know learned up on this stuff and. Turned driving Right into a branding company and started doing the research and looking at other agencies and other people who were kind of doing the same thing we were doing and started creating some offers around that. It definitely wasn't as easy as it sounded. It was really fucking hard. Um, And... You know, we started actually making some money, which is really cool, but we weren't making enough money. And literally, when that month, that third month came, and it was actually right around Thanksgiving, we had that 3k taken out of our personal account. And I just remember us waking up the next day and seeing like a negative two to three k balance in our account, and that was supposed to pay for rent. You know, because this was Thanksgiving time, so the first was around the corner, and we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I'm like crying. We're like stressing out. And then my husband calls our coach and like talks to him. We end up getting that money back to kind of help us get back on our feet. And, um, we just realized from that moment, we weren't going to let that ever happen again. It's literally the worst feeling. Um, what I will tell you though, is that this is the type of thing that happens when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. And when those lows happen, and your back is against the wall and you lose money, which will happen in entrepreneurship unless you're a legit like magical unicorn angel of an uni- entrepreneur, you're going to lose money too um, and have slow months in business and literally it's tough. But when your back is against the wall like that, you literally do whatever it takes to make money and to thrive and survive. Um, so that's what we did and we turned our business around, we, you know, we figured it out. And if you thought investing into a $36,000 mastermind um, and business coach was crazy, well, we were even crazier um, because we saw that Cole Hatter, the guy that I mentioned earlier, was throwing his first conference. And we knew that we had to be there, too. Um, Because it was funny when he got on stage, we just thought like, man, this dude is cool. He's young. He's like living the life that we want to live. Like we have to get to know who this person is. So then when we saw that he was having his event, we were like, okay, this is another sign from God. We have to invest in this. Um, And we ended up getting like, you know, the top tier like tickets to this conference, um, which was like $700. Um, And we were sitting in the front row and all of this. And we ended up investing into his mastermind, which was crazy. Um, and so we're in two masterminds at this time and having a business coach and having Cole as a mentor um, and just learning and thriving. I mean, what's cool about masterminds, if you don't know what a mastermind is, it's basically where you bring a group of people. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. It could be just like a group of three or four people. Um, or the ones we invested in, like the first one we had, we started out with like 90 people, I think, and then it kind of trickled down. Um and then Cole's mastermind I think is already at like thirty to forty people. Um and basically we all come together and we mastermind. We all like help each other out, hear each other's um challenges and help each other solve those challenges and usually the hosts of the mastermind they bring in speakers um and experts to teach on different topics Um, it's a lot of tactical things a lot of strategical things um, that's really beneficial to help you grow in your business and in your life so this was all happening towards the end of 2015 and kevin is still working corporate and i am still working paint night but i also was able to find a part-time graphic design job working at a promotional products company and when we made this initial investment, we told ourselves to made to make this goal of quitting our day job within a year of moving to California. So we had moved that March of 2015. So our goal was to quit by March of 2016. Um, and it's just crazy because when you're on this path, you know, and you're, people are seeing what you're doing, what you're up to, you're going to have haters and non-believers along the way. And... We actually had one hater create a whole like Instagram account, like a fake account just to message us and post these pictures of us, which you have to see it on my um, Instagram highlight to kind of really see what it looked like. Basically just talking shit, like saying, oh, like how's logo expressions going for you? Looks like y'all have gave up the dream, like just talking shit, saying stuff like logo is enough for y'all to cover the bills since Kevin." at Thermo anymore, ha ha ha. You ain't doing no hard work, just fake work, and like just going on and on. Like, you literally just have to go to my Insta stories to see the messages. Um, I just killed them with kindness. Um, and we never found out who it was. I honestly think that it was a brand ambassador or sponsored athlete that we had let go because I, I just don't know who we know that would have known all those details, like where we worked. Um, but. Literally, a few months after that, this he sent those messages in February, a few months after that, or I should say the next month, March of 2016, we ended up closing a deal with a client and made the decision to both put our two weeks in, baby, so March was an amazing month for us, business-wise, as well as um, just being able to finally put in the two weeks, You know, like, this was something that I dreamed of um, for as long as I can remember. Like, literally, if you waited tables, you know, like, you have to roll silverware. I just remember, like, at the end of the shift and at night when I would have to roll silverware, just thinking and dreaming about, man, when is Strive and Grind going to make money? Like, man, when can I quit this damn job? I'm tired of waiting tables and the stress that it would give me and all of that. And what's funny is, too, like, to this day, I still have red robin nightmares and I'm sure some of you listening might still get like past job nightmares um and I wake up and I'm just like oh thank god that was just a dream like that's how stressful it was but we were literally did it like we were able to quit our day jobs and put our two weeks in um and just so you know like we only had eight thousand dollars in our bank account when we decided to put our two weeks in because we just knew that we were going to keep growing our business Um, And we had faith in what we were doing um, and also kind of taking that risk, just like when we took the risk to invest $36,000 into that coach and mastermind without having like a plan B, like we had to make it work. Like we knew that we had to make this work. Um, And all the time that we were putting into our day jobs can now go to growing the Striver grind business and the branding company. We even hired our first like contracted employee who like helped us with video and photography which was cool and he'd come to our apartment and help us out with content and strategies and things like that and you know when we were first growing the branding company like i said we researched on like how other people were helping entrepreneurs with their brands and was kind of like modeling but also coming up with our own you know offers And we were kind of doing the traditional thing, like offering one-off services, like doing websites, logos, color schemes, um, some strategy work, and then we literally like decided to take a pause, take a month to really figure out what's something unique that we can offer to our clients. How can we shift so that we can create something that's more high ticket, which means just more um, higher in the investment, the cost. Um, but also is high value and something that other agencies aren't doing. And so we took a month to kind of strategize around that and basically came up with what we call now our brand slam, which is basically doing a whole brand, rebrand, doing brand identity, doing brand strategy, photo shoot website, um, doing some brand collateral, all within 45 business days. Um, And so, literally, that's not something that you can really find anywhere, Um, and we knew that was our special sauce, and not only can we deliver quickly, but we can also deliver quality. And so, we really figured out this whole process and laying out the processes and systems and what the step-by-step things are and who we needed to fill certain areas of um, the process because, literally, we were doing everything. We were doing the websites and the design and the coding So we got tired of like having to work all hours trying to create these brands for people. And after creating this process and system for the brand slam, we figured out where we can hire, you know, people and contract out work and freelance freelancers. Um, And so we hired a virtual team of people to fill in the slots so that we didn't have to work as much in our business and we can focus working on our business. And our good friends, Amanda and Nicholas from the Billion Dollar Body brands, um, they were literally our first Brand Slam client and we took them through the process and launched their brands and literally that brand saw a huge success. It got us featured in Forbes um, because they ended up making a million dollars just from rebranding. Um, so that was really cool. And literally, opportunities just started to fall on our laps. Like, we started speaking on stages about branding. Um, We ended up getting our first ever office, like, in downtown San Diego, which was super cool and, like, a dream of ours and a goal of ours. We held our first branding workshop. We sponsored some conferences. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurial conferences that we attended, we were actually sponsoring them and having our own booth. I ended up becoming a author of a best-selling published book, which you can find on Amazon. It's called Passionistas, um, and it's basically a book that I co-authored with 39 other amazing badass women, and, you know, what was really crazy about that is, like, I always hated writing. I never thought I'd write anything, let alone, you know, be part of a published book, um, but to say that now I can say I'm an author is was super, super cool. Um, You know, we started to get interviews on podcasts, I was able to get nominated for San Diego's Most Influential Women, which I didn't win, but it was really cool to be nominated, and it was funny because I literally had no idea that this was going on, and I just randomly got like a Facebook notification saying I was one of the nominees, and I was like, wow, this is really freaking cool. Um, I was even able to be on national TV um, to talk about my Gangstar Creative movement and my artwork. And that was really cool for me because Gangstar Creative has actually been something that was on the back burner for me for like a really long time um, because I was just so focused on striving, and Grind and putting my all into that. But I had it on the back burner, and finally this year, creating this podcast um, was literally the first step to actually really making it real and creating something for you gang stars who have been listening and following and supporting um, and getting value and learning and all the good stuff. Um, but when I was on TV, it was actually kind of just an idea, and I talked about launching the podcast, but hadn't done it um, up until this year, thanks to covid so yeah, I was able to get on TV, I was starting to get press, like getting featured in Huffington Post. We even got to be mentored for a whole year by the Jay Abraham, and you probably don't even know who that is, but he's basically the mentor for Damon John, you know, from Shark Tank and Tony Robbins, um, which was really cool. Short story of how that got to happen. We got invited to this exclusive dinner surrounded by awesome random people, and he Jay Abraham was there, and um, basically he offered to mentor us for a year. So that's kind of how that happened, which was really cool. So we got to meet really cool people, you know, like him. We got to meet um, Gary Vaynerchuk, Damon John. Um, we got to even befriend John Lee Dumas, who we had looked up to and who was the reason we moved out to San Diego. We actually became friends and was hanging out in San Diego and stuff and was really cool. Um, we got to meet people like Les Brown, and if you don't even know who that is, that's basically like the black Tony Robbins, in my opinion, better. Um, and we even got featured on the cover of the only entrepreneur magazine in San Diego, which was super cool. But you know, everything wasn't always gravy, wasn't always easy. Like I said earlier, entrepreneurship is legit a roller coaster and it's not for everybody. It sounds good. It looks good. You see people on Instagram flexing, but it's really not everybody's made out for entrepreneurship. And that's really okay, guys. Like if business isn't your thing, entrepreneurship isn't your thing, and you end up working for somebody else, like that's totally okay. And I want you to know there's no shame in that at all. And I know a lot of people kind of shame that. So I just wanted to make sure I throw that out there. But yeah, it literally was a roller coaster for us. And we made lots of money. Sometimes we made no money at all. And we also spent lots of money. Um, You know, we were surrounded by amazing, successful people. So we kind of, you know, paid to play and keep up with everybody. But also at the same time, we saw it as an investment because these were experiences we wanted to experience. We wanted to be in the same rooms and doing the same things and be surrounded by these high-level people and these high-level minds. Um, And so in order to do that, sometimes you have to pay to play. And that's just part of the game. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all either. But during the times where we didn't have money, there was a time where, you know, I had to sell my car, which was my first car I ever bought, 2011 Corolla, that we had just paid off. And literally the month after that, we sold it for cash, um, I believe. For, we only got like six or $8,000 for it, um, which we should have got more. But anyways... And you know, unfortunately, I became depressed for almost two years, and I was fighting with Kevin a lot. um, And I still had put myself and my artwork and my dreams all on the back burner. Um, And like I said in the beginning, you know, I consciously made the decision to turn on the switch, put my all into strive and grind, and put my stuff on the back burner because I knew that this was going to get us to where we wanted to be the fastest. And, you know, I don't regret that. You know, we have to make sacrifices in life and sacrifices in a relationship. And that was the one that I was committed to, um, to kind of reach those goals that we had as one and as a couple. And eventually I had to leave the business and I had to get a therapist and I had to find myself and my happiness again. Um, and it was hard, yo, like, I literally would wake up crying every single day, um, I just did not feel myself, I was not happy, so, like I said, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, it's really, really fucking hard, and there's gonna be lots of ups and downs, and you have to make sacrifices, and, you know, I made those sacrifices for a reason, like I said, I don't regret it, um, and it's, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have the same same, similar stories. Um, But I'm not saying that this is going to happen to you, but just know that if you do have some downs in your business, whether it's personal or if it's just business related, like just know it happens. And in those moments, it's important that you focus on yourself and you reach out for help and you talk to people, whether it's a therapist, your family or close friends, like entrepreneurship can be so freaking lonely and it's important that when we do find ourselves in a low that we don't keep it all in and try to figure it out on our own that we talk about it and we talk about it to somebody just so that they can listen not necessarily to provide solutions um, of course that's helpful but I think it's more important for, to have somebody just to like listen to you and listen to what you're going through and then finding somebody that can possibly help and guide you in the right direction Um, And so, you know, thankfully, after a year of crying almost every single day, I finally felt happy and whole again, Um, you know, going to therapy help, hanging out with my girlfriends helped a lot, you know, just kind of having my alone time away from Kevin and more spending more time with my girls Because, you know, we're a couple, we live together, we're working together, and we have different opposite personalities, different working styles, and that was literally causing a lot of stress in our relationship. So I just had to focus on me and do a lot of healing. Um, And I started painting again. And I ended up getting in another, you know, raw showcase and sold some of my paintings and my artwork which was really cool because it was like a step back into the painting world. I started collabing with like influencers like Telly Swift, um, and Nina, uh, who's, who does like makeup for a lot of influencers. Um, I ended up painting my first murals at a whole freaking office in downtown San Diego. I did like 16 walls in 30 days i have it written down somewhere and i have a video of that too if you want to check it out on my website um i even got to do a mural in la and literally when i had left our company at that time um we had made multiple six figures in our business after only a couple years of being in business um, and then Kevin got our company to making uh, its first million dollars in total revenue while I was recovering from depression. So I'm so thankful for him for sticking to that and being patient with me and still supporting me and being by my side while I was just going through my mess. Um, and literally now there's just no stopping us. Um, it's been a really cool journey. You know, entrepreneurship is such an amazing Thing to go through and accomplish and the rewards it gives you and the lifestyle and freedom it gives you is just so worth it. We've been able to go into the live audiences of some of our favorite shows on TV, like The Ellen Show and um, America's Got Talent and World of Dance, you know, we've got to travel to Vegas with our best friends and literally just ball out and have the best time ever Um, we've also just got to just experience some amazing things in life that we never thought we could do. Traveling places, meeting new people, going on yachts, having fancy dinners, um, being able to, you know, say screw it in the middle of the workday and go watch a movie. Like the freedom has just been so awesome and so worth the pain and the struggle. Before this journey, we had never known really any millionaires or anything. So being able to surround ourselves with like-minded people, around people who were were where we wanted to be at and who did good in the world, you know, to be able to surround ourselves with and learn from millionaires, billionaires, influencers, and celebrities. Like, it literally has been a true blessing. And this is really why, like, I wanted to create Gangstar Creative for you guys. And, you know, I've had this journey. I've been through the experience and the ups and downs of personal stuff as well as entrepreneurship. And I really just feel like creatives need that type of guidance um, because we have the craft thing down. We know how to go in and work on our craft, but we just don't know the business side. We don't know the mindset side. We don't know the personal development side. And Gangstar Creative really came out of this moment where Kevin and I had went to LA to go to this really cool art show. It was curated, um, by a female artist. She brought other female artists together from Instagram and a girl that I, um, connected with on Instagram was there. So I was like, yeah, let's go to LA and let's go check it out. And literally when we were in there, there was probably, I don't know, like 20, 20 female artists in there. Kevin and I, my husband, were we were walking around and literally, nobody was at their booth except for like a handful. And if any artist was at their table or at their setup, they were sitting on the floor on their phone. They didn't greet us or say hi. There was literally only one person and she had like a thrifting or like clothing type of setup. And she greeted us. She said hi and showed us her stuff. But there was like some really dope artwork in there. And if the creative, if an artist would have just said hi and talked about their artwork or, you know, invited us to purchase something of theirs, like we probably would have. But the fact that nobody spoke to us, nobody, you know, said like, hey, I have prints and like, this is what I'm offering to sell. Here's a little bit about, you know, this painting that you're working at on or looking at, like whatever, like nobody said anything to us. And that made me so livid, I was literally so upset that after we had left, I like cried because I was like, this is the reason why creatives are quote-unquote starving artists. This is why creatives like keep saying that they can't make a living doing what they love and it's because they don't have the mindset, they don't have the tools needed to be more business savvy, um, they don't have the people skills or the communication skills and I really just felt like I needed to stand up and do something about it. And so that was really how Gangstar Creative was born. And I had the idea, like I said earlier on, uh, in the back burner, I was just so focused on striving, and, and getting through my depression and all that, that it wasn't until COVID of this year that I finally like launched the first stepping stone, which was this podcast. So if you are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe. If you've been listening or if you enjoyed this episode, if this is your first episode, please go um, and write a review for me if you have Apple Podcasts. Unfortunately, on other platforms, I don't think you can rate um, and write a review. You might be able to rate. So if you can rate, definitely give me some five stars. Um, But if you can write a review, that would be so amazing. Um, And I'm just super excited to help you thrive in your business and in your life you know as i shared throughout my journey in the beginning we were working hard but we weren't working smart and like this is the reason that i'm helping you guys you gangstar creatives thrive in your business and life it's because i want to help you avoid working hard and not smart i want you to avoid all the mistakes that we made and i want to help you get through the peaks and the valley valleys um, of entrepreneurship and what it takes to run a creative business. So if you are ready to start making massive progress towards growing your creative business, I am offering one-hour video mentorship calls. Um, and literally in these calls, you can ask me anything in regards to branding, in regards to growing your business, how to get more sales, how to get more clients or projects, what to do and how to make your business work for you, like how to set up processes and systems, maybe some guidance around quitting your day job and working full-time as your own creative gangstar boss, um, you know, how to manage your time a little better, like literally anything. If you feel like you've been stuck for a while or if you have questions that you really need answers and you don't feel like spending and wasting time like researching on Google and YouTube and you just want to ask me directly, then my one-hour mentorship call is definitely for you. Now, I typically offer my mentorship calls for an investment of $150, but because with everything that's going on right now, I'm offering a $50 saving. so for just $100, You'll be able to have a whole hour of my time on video. Um, it's going to be recorded, so it'll be sent to you that, so you can always refer back to it for ever and ever, um, and you get to just ask me whatever questions you want, and I always like to keep my call strategic, um, tactical, straight to the point, no fluff, because um, I really want to help you thrive and help you succeed in your creative business. As I shared before, I've spent tons of money, thousands of money investing in myself in my education, and I can tell you one thing, investing in a mastermind, investing in a coach and in a, ma- and in a mentor, we ever made, and I wouldn't be where I am today if I did not invest in myself monetarily with money. You know, we always like to think we can do things on our own and try to find the free way of doing things, but sometimes... Doing the freeway, you reach dead ends and you find yourself just going in circles. So really, investing only a hundred dollars into yourself to spend an hour with myself is literally a small investment to making yourself and in your business to help you get ten steps further and quicker to where you want to be in your business. So if this is something that you want to do, definitely DM me on Instagram at Devana Stimson or click the link in the show notes. Um, to go to the application so I can see if my mentorship calls are the right fit for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.